This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, watches and water. That's what I did. Shifted my business. One day I just left the diamond business went directly to watches. They got really good at making knockoffs. Really, really good. But there's always that one thing that they can't get right. Uh, Paddock 6300G. 2.1 million I bought it back then. Today it's worth like 3.5. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest is the Watch King of New York City. This is Watch Wholesaler, Moshe Haimov. How did you become the Watch King? What got you into watches? So I was doing... Uh was doing diamonds for many years. Had had I had an infatuation for watches, like collecting them, buying them, and then about thirteen years ago, had an opportunity to buy a watch on eBay and flip it, and buy it again and flip it, and then I left the diamond business, went straight into watches, and started doing it full time ever since. So that's really how you got started, just flipping watches on eBay? I was buying them off eBay for myself and then flipping them for a profit. So that's what I, I, so I was, I would, so basically what my main business was before watches was I used to go to India every month, buy diamonds and sell them to, whole, to retailers, but I'm the wholesaler. So I would sell them and then wait 60 days to get paid. And then. I saw the watch business. I used to wear watches as a hobby, you know, go on eBay, buy a watch. I liked it. Somebody offered me a couple of dollars profit. I would sell it. And I saw that it was COD, we call it in our business, which is uh, you get paid on delivery, cash on delivery. It's not really cash. It's usually wire or whatever, but that's what it's called, COD. That's our term. So I saw it as a better opportunity to get my money right away and keep on rotating on a small margin than go to the diamond business where I had to wait 60 days to get paid from the vendor. That's what I did. I shifted my business. One day I just left the diamond business went directly to watch. So like when you talk about margins, right? Like you're buying a watch for this much, you're selling a watch for this much. Are you, are we talking kind of nickel and dimes, dollars and cents? Or are you talking like I'm buying this for a hundred, I'm selling it for a thousand. No, no. So you buy it for a thousand, you sell it for 1100. 
So I can buy a watch, let's say a Submariner for twelve thousand, sell it for twelve thousand five hundred, but it's instant. Crazy! If you make five to seven percent, it's wow. That seems like an intense business. It's intense, but it's amazing. Let's see, you get a rush. It's like a it's like a gambler, you know, always chasing that twenty one. So like then like how many watches are you buying and selling a day, a week, a month? Between three to five hundred a month. So I travel overseas every two weeks. I buy my merchandise there, come back to America, unload it to all of the retailers, and then go back and forth. Where are you generally getting them from? Middle East, China. Um, that's mostly my main two locations. So then what's it like getting on a plane with like 500? No, we don't do that. We ship them. So we ship them via Brinks, Ferrari, because we got to pay customs, right? So we ship them through a, 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 like, you know, those armored trucks. So via Brinks, let's say Malkami, which I use mostly, or Brinks, we ship them. And then it goes through customs. We pay customs. They release the package to us, and that's how we get them. We never travel with any merchandise. First of all, it's dangerous. Second of all, I can travel into customs and they can see it, but it's a long process. You got to go through the CBP and you got to go see a special agent. It could take two, three hours. So I just ship them. Literally it takes, if I ship on Friday, I'll get it Monday. Is it a lot of work all the time or is it something that you ultimately just kind of get used to the hustle? It's mental. It's mental stress, right? Every business has stress. Some have physical labor, some have mental labor. So our brains are constantly working. So 24 hours a day, I can be sleeping, but my brain is going to work. Okay, my phone is always next to me, so I don't miss the deal, right? So if a guy buzzes me with a watch, I'll wake up, answer, go back to sleep, and wait for the buzz. What is it about watches? What do you like about them so much? So as men, we don't have, girls have their bags, right? Their bags and their diamond rings and their jewelry. We don't have much. Our hobbies are cars and watches. Basically, it's a status. The watch you wear is a status of a, of a person. That's true. Now, were you a collector before you got into the business? Yeah, not really a real collector. I was more of like a, it's like a hobby. So I would buy a gold watch and or I'd buy a steel watch, some certain type of model and whatever, wear it for a couple of weeks. Somebody would like it, offer me profit, and that's what I would do. Are there a lot of people that are doing this? Oh, yeah. Or are you so one So if you few? come to 47th Street Diamond District in New York, everybody's buys and sells watches, but very few do wholesale what I do. I travel overseas, come back, unload, and go back again. So who are you mainly selling them to? Are you selling them to re retail outlets? Like No, I sell, it, I sell it to jewelry stores. How come you don't sell the consumer? I'm starting that right now. So we have a big presence online via Corona 24, which we started COVID, and we do a lot of like online and direct-to-consumer, but it's, it's more of a relationship. When you sell to a consumer, to a customer, it's like a marriage, you know? So it's, I, I'm a, finally, till about a year ago, I was a one-man operation. Doing this all on my own. Now I have like a whole team and we have three, now we open three retail locations on 47th Street. We have one in Hong Kong and we have another one in the Middle East in Dubai. One in Miami, one in LA. So we're, we finally branched out retail. We're, I have people working so I can still do the travel. So now what we do is we try to give the retailer a wholesale price. Selling like three or four, three to 500 watches a month, that's enough for three 
separate locations? That's just the wholesale department. Then we have a whole retail department, which we sell more on there. When you kind of go to buy a watch, like what are you looking for? How do you know which is the ones that are going to sell? How do you know what, what are the good ones? That kind of stuff. Very, very good question. So each, each country has its own market. So for example, the Arabs can't wear gold. They're not allowed to wear gold. So we buy the golds from there, like the gold president, the Rolexes. So that's our market. Asians like the sport models, like the Submariners and the Pepsis and the Batman. That's their market. Our market, we're big. Americans are a little bigger. We're built bigger. So they like 41, like big watches, 41 millimeter, 42 millimeter, 44 millimeter. So you already know what are you buying, which watch goes where. And it's pretty standard right there, right? Like they don't really deviate too much from the pattern. No. Very few you'll have a guy or some, a gal come in and ask for something you haven't heard like a year, but it's very, very rare. Now, when we get to it, right, when you're, are, are these, I'll just use this word, I don't know if this is the right word, but are these knockoffs or are these the... No, no, 100% legit. 100%. How do you kind of make sure that... You can tell by feeling it. The weight is different. The look is different. You know, they got really good in making knockoffs. Really, really good. But there's always that one thing that they can't get right. But I've been three times. I've been I bought from legit dealers that didn't even know there was a knockoff. But of course, how it works is that if you buy from somebody you know, they take responsibility. So if something happens to the wallet, that it's a knockoff, I go back to him and he refunds me my money. How did you find out that it was? So I have a service center up here. We do polishing, services, everything. So I, when I bought it, I bought it back home, and I told my guy to open my watchmaker to open it. So you open the watch, you told me the watch is a knockoff. Because when you buy there, it's like going to a grocery store, right? You just pick and choose what you want. You pay for it because it's a reputable dealer. So you know tomorrow the problem, you can always go back to it. It's not like a guy you met one time and he's gone. People you constantly do business with. So you just pick and pick and pick, pick, pick and choose. Put it in a bag, ship it. And then when you come home, you figure out what mistakes and what you made or what you didn't make. When you have kind of one that's maybe a knockoff or isn't working right, right? It's like, do you chalk it up to the kind of that's all right, that's a cost of doing business. Like that's going to happen when you're in this business. Or is it kind of like a big deal in the industry? Like people are, you, you, you've broken an unwritten rule kind so, of thing. That's a good question. Um, sometimes people don't know they're selling knockoffs. People think it's real. They buy from a client. You know, they don't have a watchmaker on hand. The watch looks okay to the naked eye, right? Because what makes it real you got to check the movement of the watch, right? So they don't know. That's why it's very important you buy a watch from somebody reputable who's going to take responsibility if something goes wrong. When you look at watches as kind of a whole, are they more popular now than they were a few years ago? Are they rising in popularity, going down, about the same? Where do you think watches are in popularity right now? They're huge right now. So let's say... Seven, eight years ago, you can go to a Rolex store and they would beg you to buy their merchandise for 30% off retail. Submariner, let's say retail is 9800 they'll tell you take it for seven grand. Today, they're going to put you on a waiting list and you have to buy X, Y, Z in order for you to get that Submariner at retail. You can't even get a discount. Now, what the consumer does is he's smart. The watch is worth $5,000 over retail on the gray market. They'll sell it to me, then I'll sell it to another guy. So the demand is insane right now. Why do you think that is? Like what changed? 
I guess people have more money. Um, I think supply and demand, I think because it's hard, the Rolex became smart. Like, you know, when you go to Hermes, they make you wait online to get in, to spend five grand. Could you ever imagine you got to wait online to spend $5,000 at a store? They should open the red carpet, give you champagne, you know, beg you to come in. But no, wait online, wait your turn. Go to Chanel, they ask you if you made an appointment. That's what Rolex is doing. They're cutting out a lot of mom and pop stores, which they are authorized dealers, and leaving it as boutique only, so it's very hard to get a wash. Basically, a ceramic Daytona. Retail is $14,000. In our market, it's double the retail price. So are, are on most of the mar- on most of the watches that you're buying and selling, are you making you know single-digit percentage points, like 5 to 10? Or are there some where like, I can mark this up 50%? If I buy a watch in retail, I can mark it up 100%. But Rolex won't sell to me. I'm banned from every Rolex store. So if I come in with my ID, they'll say no, because they know I'm a gray market seller. So they won't sell to me. I'm saying that the higher the watch value is, the margins will climb a little more. So let's say the watch is a hundred grand. If you make ten grand, you're happy. Well, sometimes you'll you'll buy a watch for a hundred grand and sell it for a hundred and five thousand. That's okay. You get money right away. Even a hundred. If somebody comes to me and says, "Here's one oh three for this watch. Give it to me right now," and you're getting money right away. I would sell it even though I'm making three percent. But my money comes back into me, so I can play with the money again. But is it is it a system where people who are maybe in it? Like if you have a slow month, can the whole thing collapse? Doesn't collapse because you're doing it the right way, right? It's like a car. It became a commodity. These watches. I know it's a luxury. It makes no sense, but there were there was a time last year during COVID where when COVID the market went up like crazy, and the watches dropped by sixty percent in a matter of two months. You hold on tight, you take your losses, and you move on. Right now, it's summer season. It's slow. June, July, August, September is slow. What do you mean slow? June, July, August, sorry. Slow means that it's, there's not as much action because now September is coming. There's holiday season, then there's Valentine's Day, then there's tax season. But then after tax season, May time, everybody's in camp vacation. It's kind of slow, but people still buying. It's just not as much as... Um. That's you know pretty much some of the basic questions that we had. Um, are you ready for some harder slash listener submitting? Of course. Best value brand, worst value brand. Ooh. <laughs> Rolex is the best value brand. The worst value brand? You mean resale value? Yeah, I would say just in terms of if somebody's going to buy it, right? Like I'm looking to get a watch. What's probably like, ah. You know, I don't know anything about watches. I only know a little bit about cars. But like, uh, you know, maybe you don't really want to go with a Pontiac kind of thing. <laughs> well, Rolex is the best value for your money. So it's Rolex, EP, Patek, RM is like the Lamborghini of watches. It's Richard Mille. That's a Lamborghini of watches. Patek is like the Ferrari. And you have AP, Rolex. Then you have the watches that you get good value for your money, but you can never sell them. Unfortunately, I'm going to say any which I don't want to, but it's like Jaeger, Breitling, Dublow. Beautiful watches, Panerai, cheap watches. For the money, for four grand a Panerai, you can get a beautiful watch. The best someone wears that watch and be expandable. Beautiful Panerai, it's four or five thousand. Rolex for four or five thousand, you get an old lady's day just. But unfortunately, there's no resale value on the Panerai or the Dublow or the Breitling like there is on. 
basically you look again at discount 30 off 35 percent off a rolex you have to pay over retail right there it shows you the difference between the two brands is that just because one's just more in demand than the other one like it's maybe not a better quality it's just like people want correct this it's not a better i don't think it's a better quality i think it's more in demand i think it's more in demand people want rolex more it's like a it's like a status right um, what's an underrated brand? Like a one that you would say, like, oh, people don't really know about this yet. No, people know about it, but I think it has beautiful watches. It's Hublot. I think it's very underrated. I don't know why it's not popping off. Like, Hublot looks like EP, just a different name. You can have the same watch in the Hublot, but if it's at EP, it's 400 grand. And if it's Hublot, it's 15,000. Just for the name on the watch. Looks exactly the same for the money. Like, you buy a fifteen thousand dollar rose gold Hublot, and then Rolex for fifteen grand. You can barely buy an older Submariner, which is stainless steel. What's the most expensive watch you've ever bought? Uh, Patek six three zero zero G. Two point one million. I bought it back then. Today it's worth like three point five. Do you remember what? Do you remember what you sold it for? Two point eight. That's a nice five hundred grand, right? Uh, Seven hundred. We were two partners, yeah. I oh, bought it in man. 2007, 2018. What's that like dropping two point something million on a watch? I feel accomplished, you can say. It's fulfilling. It's exciting because it's a gamble. It's a rush. You don't know if you're going to sell it, how much you're going to sell it for. Right now, it's a lot of money in the watch. Tomorrow, the market drops. What are you going to do? How fast can you get out of it, right? So before I buy something, I have in mind certain buyers who are going to buy it and then i have my outs just in case they don't buy it if i dump it how much am i going to lose do watches like would you say that like you know cars like tend to depreciate in value right like do watches generally as a whole tend to appreciate no it's 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 it won't depreciate uh as much as a car because watches have value sentimental value some have it from father to son some have it you know some have it as a gift, some have it so people like it more. I'm saying it. the past three years, it, it went up, down, now it's steady, but you'll buy a watch for 100 grand, you won't lose 30,000 selling it like you'll sell a car. Right? You buy a car for 100 grand, you want to sell it a year later, okay, you get 70,000, 65,000. A watch you'll buy for 100 grand, you'll wear it if you bought it at the right time. Either you're going to make a couple of thousand or you lose a couple of thousand. But it's not like a huge riffraff. Unless it was COVID, people bought watches for nine hundred thousand today. They were two fifty. This one watch, RM sixty five hundred one. When it came out, it traded for nine hundred grand. Today, I wouldn't buy it for three hundred. People bought it for nine hundred thousand. That's a hit. Yeah, but that's during COVID. Now it's everything is stable, so everything sells. Everything sells. Everything. So basically, you buy Rolex today for. Twenty thousand. You can sell it tomorrow for twenty-two if you buy it right. What's your personal favorite watch? RM Eleven, rose gold. I actually have it. I have it downstairs. If you guys want to see it. What do you think is kind of? The, what do you think is the next big thing in watches? What do you see coming? A woman wearing men's sizes. I see a lot of women wearing forty-one millimeters, forty millimeters. A lot of them. They started wearing bigger watches. How come? What do you think that was? It's a trend now. That's the trend. Women want to like. They wear a lot of gold, but bigger ones. Back then, they used to have the 26 millimeter small ones for ladies, very dainty. So you still have those dainty ones, then you have the ones who want to have the bigger, like, flashier look. So they have the 40, 41 millimeters, 
39 millimeter and AP, 38 millimeter and AP. See a lot of women wearing bigger sizes now. Do you see another country is kind of becoming an emerging market either for selling or buying? Hong Kong and China. China, actually. China is the, the daddy of the watch business, as you can say. They control the market. Because of demand or because of supply? Both. It's a country with, I don't know how many billion people, they all love, everybody in, in China wears a Rolex. From the guy who's the street vendor to the CEO of a company, they all wear Rolexes. I, when I was there, uh, every time I go there, anybody, everybody and anybody, girl, guy, doesn't matter, they all wear Rolex. That's like the number one thing. That's crazy that it's such a luxury here and there. It's like a Casio. Exactly what, you, exactly what you just said. It's a Casio for them. Everybody is something I never saw in my life. And they wear only steel watches. Is one type more popular than the other? Like if it's steel versus silver versus... So there's, so there's steel, two-tone. There's steel. There's two-tone rose, two-tone yellow. Yellow gold, rose gold, platinum, white gold. Which one's kind of the big so one? So China likes the steel sport models. Which are like Submariner, GMTs, uh, Mill Galaxies, whatever. Americans like the Datejust, the Day Dates, which are the rose gold, yellow gold, platinum. Then they have the Wall Street people like a Tech Philippe, the steel one. So basically, Wall Street people are not flashy. So they'll wear a white gold watch or a steel watch that's worth a lot of money. So white gold, platinum is, you know, it's like driving a Turbo S, right? You're a car guy. For me, I had that car. It's the best car I've ever in my life. The exotic. 911 Turbo S, I think, puts a Lamborghini to shame, a Ferrari. But people look at it and think it's a Carrera. But it's not. It's a Turbo S. So if you know, you know. That's Wall Street. They wear a, right. they wear a platinum watch for 150000 but a, and to the eye, it looks like a stainless steel watch. Yeah, that's the thing. When you really got money, you don't show it except for the people who really know that it's a lot. Exactly. That's what platinum and white gold is for. Then you have the rappers who wear the gold watches, the blinged out watches, the the, the old diamond encrusted. They'll take a three hundred thousand dollar watch, ice it out with thirty carats of diamonds, which makes the watch later worth nothing. But they do it anyway because they don't care. But they don't do it on steel; they do it on gold. Who? Do, what celebrity do you think has the best watch game? They all do. Um, Drake has a nice collection. Jay Z. Jay-Z has the rarest of the rarest paddocks and, and Rolexes and APs I've ever seen. And a good, a good friend of mine sells to him, a very, very good friend of mine. He sells to him all these watches, and it's amazing what he buys. Amazing. He has a watch. It's worth $2 million. He has an RM. It's worth $3, 4000000 million. He has a Patek that's worth $3, 4000000 million. But it's rare. It's like not like everybody has it. You won't see it, you won't see it by many. What's your best negotiating tip? My best negotiating tip: never give your, never offer, never give somebody an offer on their, on their watch. For example, if you come to me and say I have this Submariner, how much would you pay? I'll never give you an offer because that's negotiating against myself. Let's say you want five thousand dollars for the watch, but it's, it's worth seven. So me, I'll give you six. But well, let's say you want five. So I'm negotiating. I'm basically shooting myself in the leg because I can get it for cheaper. So what I do is I ask you for your price first. And then from there, we negotiate. Silence is the best negotiation. My favorite, my favorite slogan is your watch, your price. 
come to me to sell it's your watch your price don't ask me what i would pay like how much okay but if you're kind of haggling over prices to use a word that my mother loved like how much negotiation generally is taking place right are you sitting there going back and forth for like ever or is it just like 200 300 250 done right or how does it so we usually flip work? points by us that's our that's what i do i flip points his price my price if we're close let's say we're a thousand dollars apart let's say you'll want 12 i want i want to pay 11 and we can't get to common grounds i say listen we can do either 10 5 or whatever 11 5 or we flip 11 and 12 what do you want to do most 80 percent of people will flip uh 20% will just take the middle ground me i would always flip if i had the choice it's fun it use more action it's more exciting but when you get to that kind of price negotiation right like are you generally in a circumstance where you're getting like okay this person's getting screwed this person's getting a great deal or is it kind of like everybody's fine at the end of the day does that make sense Right, like, are you when you do a negotiation? Is it usually like, man, I really got that guy, or he really got me, or is it kind of like, eh, that's a pretty good price for that? Like, do you ultimately feel like you get to about where it's about what's basically right? it's a balance, right? So, a person who's selling you a watch knows what he has. He did the research online. He knows what it's worth, the value. He'll come to me and say, I saw it online for this price, said, but did it sell? No. So that means it's not worth that price. That's my upper hand. Because every time they say they saw a watch for 15000 I said, is it still online for sale? Yeah. That means it's not the price. Just, you know, but they know what they have. They know what it's worth. They did their homework. So you can never get it like, yes, I, I, I got him. Because it, they do their homework before they come. So basically, it's a win-win for both. He gets out of his watch. I get the watch that I want to buy. Basically, it's who wins the, the coin toss of the price so the last time that i checked i think it was like 1.2 million followers on instagram and across different social media platforms have you been surprised that people have been so interested in this very so what happened was i used people used because i'm a wholesaler people used to come do videos by me buying watches for me all the time and everywhere i went be like yo i saw you on this guy i saw you here i saw you there i saw you here i saw you there say no let me show people now what i do uh, works for my site since you've kind of, since you've kind of used the word like risen to popularity right have you seen more people kind of trying to get into the game i've seen more people coming to buy i've seen more retailers like customers coming to buy from me directly Good i've dude. seen young kids coming um, and i try to help them all yesterday i had a 12 year old kid by me he came i helped him a little bit the other day i had another kid what was 14 year old kid trying to sell me a watch just this new up-and-coming like hustlers which is good listen we're not all cut for school like i'm not educated i didn't finish high school just jumped right into this so i grew up in a hasidic household no hasidic i'm not sure what that you know hasidic dude i can't i can never i don't i'm not sure i get it confused with something else i hope no not at all so hasidic jews are the ones with the curls and the shaved head with the so my father we grew up very very orthodox jews ultra orthodox i left that cult uh 13 years ago so that's what we did i had no i had no i had no life i had no I had nothing i didn't know what to do i came to 47th street somebody offered me a job and then my friend gabby who taught me this whole business on the go like 15 16 years ago right after i when i was 22 years old 
taught me everything from scratch to whatever I know today. So um, that's when I left the cult and I got this job. And slowly, slowly, I built my way to where I am today. Where do you think the future takes you? Only God knows. Um, that's pretty much all the questions I got. Is there anything that you think that we missed or kind of how can people find out more about you? Um, they can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Watch King NYC. Come by to flip a coin anytime. I want to thank Marsha so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And we've also included his information in the episode description. If you want to see some of these watches, the YouTube version of this interview will be live on August 31st at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. Where in the alphabet do you start to get confused about alphabetical order? <laughs> like where, how far along can you get before you start getting confused as to which letter comes first? Like I, I immediately want to say, you know, like when you get to L and you have to go through LMNO, but then I'm, I usually don't stumble on that. It's usually when I get past O, start to get on to P, QRS, yeah. like that's usually where I, or uh, U and W. A lot of times I'm like, what comes first? What comes last? I stumble right around the J area, like H I, and then I get J K L confused. Like, wait, which ones comes first, J K or L? And then I get confused again around the R S T area. Like, you know, wait, then you got to do it like ABCD. This brings up right? a, a good question that I have for you, actually. Okay. I don't okay. know how you do this. Like I've said, we don't rehearse this. So when you bring these things up, it's like you're reading my brain. Um, I was having a conversation with my wife, actually, about sobriety tests if you get pulled over. And she said there's no way that she could walk in a straight line or say the alphabet backwards under pressure. And I said, I'm pretty sure I could do the alphabet. I could probably walk a straight line too, but I'm 100% sure I could probably recite the alphabet, uh, you know, whether or not I was drunk or not. You could do it backwards. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure. Once again, I, I think I would maybe stumble on like U and V, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. Okay, well, let's establish a reasonable amount of time for you to be oh. able to do this. Well, no, they don't. I don't believe the police officers give you i mean if it takes you an hour i mean it's not going to take me an hour i'll try okay. to do it fast if you're going to put me on the spot are you're looking around don't be looking at your phone 
Um, okay, I think right? that you should be able to. Okay, Calm let's just establish. Let's establish this as a baseline. I'm going to do it forward fairly quickly. So starting now, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, N, Z, seven seconds. So that's so seven seconds. So I think that you should be able to do it backwards within 45 seconds. Oh, no way. I will, I'll stumble. I, I, I'll try it, but I will, I, I'm going to stumble. And unless I can correct my stumbles, there's no way that I, I don't know. You, know could... you got to do it like you kind of know it, right? Like you can't be going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, F, G, T, and then do it all again until you get to the next one and then like do it like that. Like you've got to, you can't do it through process of elimination. You've got to kind of like flow through it a little bit. I mean, I'll try. I don't know if I can okay. do it in 45 seconds. Okay, you ready? Sure. If you get the first one wrong, then you're screwed. <laughs> okay. I honestly don't even – I can't even right now say Z and then whatever the next – reverse alphabetical order. I don't even know what the next one is. Is it W? Oh, I mean, don't give it away. Let's see. Let's see if it's I can not. do it. It's not. Okay, ready? Yep. Go. Z, Y. Uh, you had a false start there. <laughs> I did have a false okay. start. Okay, well, the clock's still running. All right, we'll restart it because I think I can do this. No, clock. it's can't. Clock's still running. Once the clock Z, starts, clock goes. W, U, V, T, S, R, P, O, N, M, L. See, this is tough. K, J. See, now you're doing it that way. G. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. But it's tough. Like if I had some time to think about it, I might have been able to get it right. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. You messed up. I you mix. I think you missed an X or a U. Well, first off, you gave me a false start, and then you told me the clock was still running. Oh, it's my fault. It's my fault. The I'm, false start is what screwed the whole thing up. So then, if we didn't have a false start, you would have done it perfectly. Sounds like excuses. I'm. I'm just saying. Getting back to the original question, I don't think inebriated i stand no chance but if i get pulled over sober and they ask me to do that i'm still probably not passing it oh uh, okay let's, let's do your shout out all right uh i i don't know what drew the females to our our, our podcast last week <laughs> certainly not us but uh, yeah, certainly <laughs> not i mean i still look translucent even though i've literally been in the sun a lot this does summer. it does it surprise you that a woman could be attracted to you in any way no, because I, I think women are attracted, especially at our age, they're attracted to confidence and, you know, uh, things that aren't necessarily maybe, you know, like dad bods. Like they're attracted to dad bods at our our age, and I'm okay with that. Ultimately, I guess the question is, do you feel like your wife settled for you? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how she stayed with me. Yeah, I feel. I kind of feel like. I feel like I was kind of like I was the last best option. Like, well, this is the best it's going to get. So I better go ahead and just go ahead with that one. To be fair, my wife could have just left me in Florida or let me move out of Florida. She did not have to come to Michigan, back to Michigan with me. Oh, she moved with you. Yeah, my wife moved with me, too. Yeah. Which is surprising. She could have stayed there. But anyway, okay. All right, let's Maybe we're actually catches and we just don't give ourselves enough enough credit. Uh Anyways, in saying that, we had a, uh, a a significant amount of new actual female followers this week. So whatever you did okay. last week, fantastic. Uh, so many of them are, are featured here. So we'll start with Mary Gatewood. 
Donald Darcy, obviously not a female, but still. Uh, Jamie Sweezy, Kathy Mon, Alexandra Hines, Laura Newman, Catherine Maddox. I like that Latin name, whether it's a first name or a last name. Maddox. Maddox? Or Maddox, yeah, I like it. I know. I, I don't said, mind the first name Maddie. Maddie. Maddie's okay. Matt, you know, Maddie's fine. I, uh, yeah, Maddie Maddox, Maddox, whatever. Maddie Maddox. Uh, Carrie Marie Maddox. Carrie Stafford. Lisa Runk, and Lou Fittick. Y'all get the the shoutouts of the week. Is Lou is Lou a woman or a man? Could uh, be a Luis. Man. A man. Nope. It's it's a man. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, we're going back to some bangers for you. Oh, okay. Because okay. apparently uh, people liked these, and I, at least the people that listen that I know, wanted to know where they were. So I said, fine, we'll bring them back. Yeah. I was wondering how long it was going to take for fact or fiction to run its course. Well, it's, you know, when, when you literally go against everything I say, even though I'm proving that it's a fact or you're fiction. You're not, but you're not. It was, it was, you, the execution was not go, great, what, right? What the execution was, right? Because you would say, is 500, like, do they eat 500? Do they eat half a million? And I would say no. And then you would say they eat 450. Well, 450 isn't 500. See what I'm saying? So, like, the ex- it was all over the place. Go back, uh, I don't know, the last two months worth of episodes if you want to see what Nick's talking about. But for now, when you find yourself in this situation, uh, what is the worst kind of person, in your opinion, to be stuck in a uh, – in a room with, we'll say, for two hours with no air conditioning. Uh, the know-it-all who keeps talking about themselves, a little narcissistic, or uh, a person who will just not stop talking about anything and everything. I Like, i.e., a person who you sit next to on an airplane that just won't shut the hell up. I have reached an age, I don't know when it exactly happened, maybe when I passed 35, where I just want silence. <laughs> I just want silence in my life. I'm not. Are you a nervous talker, though? I I don't think so. No, actually, I think I'm actually pretty introverted. Unless you get me some liquid courage in me, and then I become the then I become an all talker. I can extend a conversation a little bit more than I should. Like I'll kind of keep it going a little bit, but I don't like in the scale of one to ten in terms of like being an over talker. I don't think I'm more than maybe like a 5.1, maybe, yeah, maybe a 6. You're not even – I don't remember you being – you're just a douche. Huh, yeah. You're the guy yeah. at the bar that's like, where did Nick go? Oh, he bought me a drink. Oh, it's coming up. And then three minutes later, it's a glass of red wine. Look, man, got a free drink. I think that <laughs> what you're doing is really just complaining about stuff you shouldn't be complaining about. Somebody bought me a free drink. I'm not going to complain that it wasn't what I wanted. Well, I'm going to drink it, say thank you, and move on with my life. And you know what? I should have because I actually quite enjoy red wine. Now, back then, I didn't, but now I do. I just, I'm still, I just don't, I can't get into that. I don't think I ever will. No, because it's not dollar beers it awful to me. shitty it whiskey. It doesn't taste good to me. I like dollar beers and chinny whiskey. I'm have, I'm a man. I'm a man of the people, not a snob. Anyway, so are you you're picking the know it all then the narcissist because they may shut up? Yeah, anything that would get them to not talk. All right. Uh, what is a worse time to you? Being on stage during a GOP or 
Democratic debate as one of the candidates or waiting in line of an amusement park? Oh, well, I mean, waiting in line and I don't know, honestly, now that I think about it, like, well, if I was there, I would want to be there. I don't want to be at the amusement park. So I guess it would be the amusement park, right? Like I could, yeah, I don't want to wait in line for anything. I don't like waiting unless it's going to be really fun and rewarding. Like I went to a place and went mountain biking and you had to wait in line to kind of get on the thing that takes you up at the top. But then you got to ride down the whole mountain and that was worth it. I don't mind waiting in line if it's worth it. It's the not worth it. Like, okay, that wasn't worth it. Was it an actual mountain or like a sand dune? No, it was a Whistler Mountain Bike Park, which is a fantastic mountain bike park. If you're a skier or a mountain biker and you have the opportunity to go to Whistler, that's a whole other world. Like, that's a giant, giant place. So if that's your jam, man, that's worth the trip. Nice, Whistler. Yeah. Love it, man. Where Where do you think it is? Where do you think that that is? Canada. Yes, but what part of Canada? Middle? East? West? (laughs) Where do you think it could be? Uh, I mean, my first initial thing is to say Vancouver area, but... Well, that's right. Oh, okay. Very good. But yeah. I, I actually think I know that because of the the Vancouver Olympics. Yeah, that's where they had it. Yeah, you're welcome. Vancouver. Vancouver. Canada, an underrated country, I feel, for, for tourism and great great scenes. Yeah, I enjoy Canada every time I've been there. I'm what's funny is I'm like right next to like the I think probably what's considered the shittiest part of Canada, which is Windsor, because that's the most Americanized. Oh, because it's by Detroit and just <laughs> Detroit brings it down as a whole. No, like Detroit's so bad. It brought the other part of another country down. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually quite funny. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. Listen, don't don't listen to him. Detroit's a great place. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Mine would be uh, that was I, it. I would rather be on stage during a debate, uh, just because I I hate waiting in lines, so I'm I'm good. Uh, this is the top five that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I think it is a topic that is rich for discussion. John has repeatedly shot it down until today, <laughs> which he agreed to do it. Which is top five ways to drink something. That's your number five. I only agreed to this because I, I'm not sure where you're trying to go with, with this. Because I'm not – it was hard for me to come up with five different ways to drink something. There's a lot of different ways to drink something. Well, maybe I'll be inspired by one of your options and add it add it to my list. Um, okay, okay. So uh, my number five, I put like an athletic bottle, like a sports bottle, like, you know, uh, like a Gatorade bottle. You know, you see like the athletes and they're getting some water and they – sprayed into their mouth see i don't have that kind of thing anywhere on my list because all i'm thinking about is that is that all the spit back that's going back into that thing but it's i i, I agree with you right however, you're just you're ha- drinking a fair amount of spit however if you've ever been in that situation and you want some water quick you just and then you get blasted in the face with just water okay that's why my number five is a hose Okay. Brings you back to your childhood, thirst quenching, endless supply, it seems like. You can just drink it right there. You don't have to worry about really making a mess because you're drinking it from a hose outside. Okay. Ho- just ho- lapping it up. 
Hose is a good one. I uh, okay. I, I think I see where you're, you're starting to starting to teeter off to on this one. Now, my okay. number four is going to disgust you, and it's and you're probably going to have more questions and call me an idiot, but that's fine. Uh, but my number four is in the shower. You drink water out of the shower. I knew you were going to say that, and here's my one argument to that: is that everybody, whether you do it constantly or once or twice drinks the shower water but how often do you drink the water out of the shower i mean it's not every time but if i'm I'm outside getting a sweat and i jump in a nice cold shower i might you know drink a couple or have a couple gulps i mean it's just nice so you just like put like ah like that or are you like putting it in your hands what are you doing no i mean you know it's hot water no it's a cold it's it's cold usually you know and it's no you're just you know you're just open your mouth, let it go in, take a couple of swigs, and then you're moving on with your day. But it's it's nice. It's refreshing. And it's literally water that comes out of your shower is no different than water that comes out of I mean, your tap or your hose. It's the same water. Yeah, but I just feel like that's dirty for some reason. Well, everybody Like, does, I just don't not. feel like it's really clean, which is odd. It's like it's clean enough for me to wash my body with it, but not clean enough for me to drink. I'm, like I said, I know it's a weird one, but it's – Give it a try. You may not not like it, or you may like it. Have you ever drank it out of the bottom spigot? Like the <laughs> thing you fill up with the bath? You ever I, gone down and never drank it out of that? I actually have, but... Um, <laughs> Ow! Once again, usually... I, I can be quite nibble. Well, maybe not now, but back in when I was a younger man, maybe more nibble. Nimble? Not nibble. Nimble. Um, <laughs> there, you know, there was a few, a few nights where you came home and your, your stomach was gurgling. And uh, you needed to get some quick water in your belly, so. Why wouldn't you just use the sink? Why would you put your face underneath that? That doesn't make, were you passed out in the tub? (laughs) I mean, that probably went along with it those couple of nights that I did that, I'm sure. Yeah, you got to hydrate. You got to hydrate. My number four is a water fountain. And if I'm going to choose a water fountain, it's going to specifically be like the aluminum looking one with the plastic thing that you push in or the one that you push down. I'm going to go push down is better than push in. That was like when you were in school and you were yeah. changing class or whatever classes. And, you know, that that was that was the best. That brings you back to like school. drinking yeah. Out of a water fountain. Did you push your mouth over the top? Could you get your. No the kind of guy who puts his mouth over the bubbler. No, there was actually like every uh, as far back as I can go. There was a sign that said, do not lick. Do not put your mouth on the spigot. I'm I'm a little bit wary of those ones where you got to get really close. And they always seem to be like the porcelain looking ones where you got to like get way down there. And like (laughs) this is getting a little close for comfort here. Well, I mean, and then you, you know, you'd always have sometimes like the random stuff in there like a fingernail oh, yeah. or Ew. like hair and you're like close you're like yeah i'm not i'm not doing that tool janitor bob that, takes care of it that might be one of the most disgusting things for me if i see somebody's like fingernail clippings or a fingernail piece laying around that to mm-hmm. me is really gross i get grossed out by that i'm like ooh. so i'm a biter as we've talked about so i i do my best to clean them up but sometimes they find their way on the floor and other places why don't you just not do it? Did you try to put the stuff on there? Like the stuff that makes them taste gross so you don't do it? No, I no, I I don't want to do that because then I know that I would cut them like how 
96% of the world does it. Wouldn't that be the right way to do it then? Who says it's the right way to do it, Nick? 96% of the world. Who says they're correct? Well, I mean, I guess not. Well, how do you do it that's so special? I don't. I, I'm a biter. I, t- I said that. I, I mean, like, I don't know how well, to. Why wouldn't you want to just cut them? I don't know. And anyone who's listening to this, we don't know why we're biting. We just do it. Like, it's not even really a nervous twitch, I don't think, for you me. You just like to chew your fingernails. I what do they taste like, to... like, by the way? They have a taste? Not, I mean, not really, unless there's a little chicken wing sauce left over from dinner or something. Oh, you could get a little, a little dirt in there, honestly. Uh, what number are we on? Oh my, God. Uh, my number three, which is, uh, you know, boring. It's as vanilla as it gets, but it's just a cup. Okay. My number three is a straw. Okay. I do not have straw on my list because I, I can't think of one drink, maybe outside of a smoothie, that I that I care to have a straw in. I don't think that you can use a straw for anything under 32 ounces. If I'm buying a 20-ouncer at the gas station, I'm not getting a straw. <laughs> it's 32 or above. Not getting a straw for a 20-ouncer. I'm going to drink that without a lid, to be honest with you. Because that's how I live. <laughs> Fucking reckless. All right. So my number two, speaking of without a lid, is like a... Um, uh, like a fountain pop, but with water, like a fountain cup. Put some ice cubes in there. It just tastes different. It's like, you know how people say fountain pop tastes different? Well, the it water does. is the same way. It just, t- I don't know what it is. It just tastes delicious coming out of like a like a soda pop fountain. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. Like you're going to like the gas station or the fast food restaurant. And you're filling it up with water in your cup. There was a point in my life where I was like, man, this Wawa water is the best water I've ever had. And that probably says a lot about me. So, Yeah, it does. Also, you waste. How much did they charge you for that? Did they charge you full price if you're just getting water? No, they they didn't charge me anything. After like the first week, they realized I was coming in just to fill up water. You were going there to Wawa just to get water? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. My way to work, on my way to – once again – I, I lived did you in, bring a cup or did you get a new cup every time? No, I mean, I, I, I had a, they had like re- recyclable cups then. They, I'm sure they do now. They probably have it. Probably everything's recyclable. But it's just like, I don't know what it is. It was just, I don't know. It was just so goddamn delicious. That water was? Oh, it was the best. Wawa water in Florida. If you're listening in Florida or any of the other states that have Wawa. Forget Wawa the iced water? coffees. <laughs> Go get some Wawa water. It's amazing. Wawa water? I don't know if I've ever had, like, really good water. Like, oh, that was some good water. I've it tastes like water. I've had people, like, recommend water to me, and I'm like, this tastes like shit. Like, I don't need... What kind need... of water did you get recommended? I mean, probably the last one I can remember was... And this is simple, and a lot of people have had it, but I, I don't, because I don't buy bottled water, was Fuji. And I was like, this... Fuji, like shit, like this does not taste good. Give me my filtered water from home. Mmm. I drink mostly just tap water. <laughs> well, that's really all I drink is just give me some tap water. I don't need your fancy water. Uh, I mean, they kind of recommend in, in my area to put it through, put it through a. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. you live in a great city that yeah doesn't have good water that's no that's normal that's good that's a good place uh my number two is straight out of the container 
straight out of the container, right? Like if it's pop, drink it straight out of the two liter. If it's milk, straight out of the carton. I swear that drinking things straight out of the container tastes better. So that's my number one is kind of like that, but it's it's out of a jug. Oh, I do like drinking out of a jug. Like, you know, you get the gallon drugs of water. Yeah. And you finish it and you're like, well, I've drinking my water for the day. Like, I'm I'm good. Once you get past like the initial awkwardness of drinking out of the jug of whatever you're trying to drink, it's yeah. just like I got all this liquid. Like I got all this drinking straight out of a jug. It's coming out both ends tonight, sweetheart. Get ready. What would the Wait, what? I, no idea. Actually, Why I think I'm going to go do both that. End? It's been a decade since you I've done that. Go out both, drink out of a jug, or give yourself an enema, which is what it was sounding like. <laughs> both. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. And putting that on my list, I immediately thought like I should be doing that anyways. I don't drink hardly enough water at all. Nobody does. I mean, yeah. I. I who knows? What's your number one? Small cup with ice. Talking about like maybe a 12-ounce cup with ice in there. I think that everything on a 12-ounce cup with ice tastes better than anything else. See, that's similar to like my gas, you know, my gas station cup with, with, with fountain, with fountain ice and water. Like, you get it. You got it. But wait a minute. When you got the wah-wah water, did wow. you get it with ice? Did you get it with cubed ice? Did you get it with crushed ice? Oh, you had to get it crushed ice. And then it was like those little like hail, you know, hail balls or whatever, like the little oh. balls of ice, the little ones. So good. Oh, I thought they were usually square. I I mean, I don't... Maybe they changed, but I... Oof. We need to get Wawa. Mm. Can we get Wawa on here or what? Well, he's not a real person. I know. Wawa. He's not a Mr. Wawa. Mm. I wonder how many plays... Anyway, what's, do you have anything in your honorable mention? I mean, the, the only thing that I have is a Tervis. Just because... What the fuck is that? If you pour it in there, it stays... It, like, if you pour cold water in there, it will stay cold for hours. It will never What's get a, warm. So it's just a bottle. It's a fancy bottle, a Tervis. You've never heard of a Tervis tumbler? No, I'm not a snob. I don't believe Like that. you are. Well, they're you not, know what? They're not a snobby thing. They're How much are they? I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe 20 bucks. To drink water? You got to no, pay $20 but, to drink? No, it's not just for water. You can... You know, uh, coffee and other drinks. I'm going to look it up right now and probably get upset. How do you spell it? T-U-R-V-I-S? T-E-R-V-I-S. And then Tumblr is common spelling. Oh, you're a snob. Insulated drinkware. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. There's another one that's really popular that it has like a Hydro Flask. Yes. Hydro Flask. A lot of people have Hydro Flask. The, I don't. That's the that's the jug looking thing, right? I don't know. I have a plastic cup that we got at Target. I think it was like $20 for 40 of them. I would drink out of a red. So actually, you know what could be a number one, solid number one is a red solo cup. I mean, but no one just drinks water unless you're at a party out of a red solo cup, which is fine. No, nobody's drinking water out of it. Yeah, no one's drinking water out of it. Oh, uh, do you have anything in your honorable mention? No, just the Tervis. Think about trying to drink water out of your hands the next time, right? It's a little bit thirst quenching. 
hard. Get some water, lap it up in there. It's hard. Do you have small hands? I mean, they're not. The, do, do you, they're, not they're not the biggest hands. Do you have trouble? Does it? If you make, if you make the thing to try to seal in the water, right? If you do the thing, does the water get out, or can you seal it up pretty good? I can seal it up pretty good. I mean, my hands aren't like small, but they're not like overly large either. Okay, on a scale of one out of ten, how well do you seal up the water? How well do you feel like you do? Like ten is nothing's getting out. You could walk across the desert with that and deliver it to somebody. Oh, oh, well, if you're going that extreme, I'm gonna say a four. Maybe a three. Oh, I think I can get to at least a seven. I could walk a city block. I think I could walk a city block with water in my hands and not have very much of it spill out. Maybe not a big city block. Maybe like a city block in a residential area. 100 feet. You keep 100 feet. And I I can still beat a bison in a 40-yard dash. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a quick review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best ways to drink something. And also... Let us know if you think if this is a dumb topic or actually really interesting. I, I, I think that little things like this really tell you who someone is. Like that's how you really find out who people are. Not in the big stuff because we all kind of have the same priorities and desires when it comes to the big stuff. But the little stuff is what really tells you who somebody is. And John is the kind of guy that's going to stop in the middle of his day and go to the gas station to get water from the fountain. That's who he is. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.